You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Bayshore. What a great time of worship. Amen. Yeah, man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. What a beautiful day outside. My name is Jeremy, by the way. If you don't know who I am, I'm the executive pastor here at Bayshore. And Pastor Danny is actually at the Rehoboth campus this morning for the baptisms. And so I just want to take a second. I'm hoping he's going to watch this playback. And I just want to honor my pastor today, let you know how much I love you and care for you. And so grateful that I get to share this stage with you and to be part of what is going on here at Bayshore. If you love your pastor, can you just let him know? right now. So I'm grateful uh, to be here and to be able to speak today. And I hope that what we share today is an impact in your life. And so before we go any further, I want to just pray. Is that okay? Okay. I'm going to do it anyway, but I just wanted to ask, but let's do this. Let's just position our hearts and our ears and our minds right now to be open to whatever the Lord would have for us this morning. God, We pause in this moment. We turn our attention to you, God. We give you our ears, our minds, and our heart for just these few short moments, God, that you would speak to us. Not that maybe we would just learn some facts or learn some things, but God, that you would change us, that you would change our hearts, that you would move us, Lord. So we are open to you. Come and move in us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Amen. Well, I want to take a quick survey here this morning before we get started. And I want to ask this question. How many of you would consider yourself an observant person? Lift up your hand. Come on, don't be shy. It's not a trick question. Are you observant? Okay, we see some hands here. Now, those of you who came with those people, would you agree with that assessment? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, uh, you know... Anybody ever been asked the question before, notice anything different? Anybody ever heard that question before? Uh, You know, um, so I have two go-tos when I get asked this question, right? Um, First one is uh, new haircut or uh, new outfit. And those are two answers that can, uh, can help you in that time. But let's face it, if you're being asked that question, it's probably already too late, amen? <laughs> it's probably already too late. Uh, and so just to kind of further get into this, I wanna do a little experiment. So I'm gonna have you do a little class participation here. So I'm gonna just generally the center of the church here, ready, okay? This is the center. Everybody on this side of the church, just stand up for me real quick. Just stand up. You know, the center can be whatever. You guys just figure out which side you want to be on this morning. But just stand up. Now, what I want you to do is take a look over here to the people sitting down. And I just want you to take note of what you see. I want you to just observe what you see, maybe what you feel, what you think of as you look at all these other people this morning. But just take a look for a moment. And I want you to kind of take a snapshot in your mind. And we're going to come back to that a little later. So go ahead and sit down now that that's done. Now, everybody else on this side, you get to participate as well. I want you to stand up. If you didn't stand up, all right, come on. Come on, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. And take a look over here. 
And again, take a mental snapshot, a picture in your mind of what you see, the faces that you see, maybe what it makes you think, what it makes you feel even. Remember that? Because we're going to come back to it later. All right, have a seat this morning. Now, from my perspective, as I look out and I observe, one of the things that is very obvious to me is that you all are sitting in rows, very obvious. You're sitting in rows and as pastors, as people on this platform, often sitting in rows, we like this because everybody's attention is forward. I get to see all your faces, everybody's looking towards me. And so we like that you are in rows. But as we study the scripture, as I have been a pastor for a while and as I've observed and as we study the scripture, the early church spent very little time in environments like this in rows. In fact, the picture that we find in the Bible is less about rows and people sitting in rows, but more about circles and doing life together in circles. Uh, you know, it's not just sitting in rows, looking at the backs of other people's heads and listening to one guy speak or lecture, but it's about being in circles and doing life together. And so I want us to turn quickly uh, this morning to the book of Acts chapter two, because what I want to convey to you this morning is that rows are great. What we do on Sunday here together corporately when we sit in rows once a week is a great thing. But what I want to hopefully convey to you this morning is that circles, doing life in circles between Sundays is even better. So Acts chapter 2 we're going to read today, but let me give you a little context before we dive into the passage. Acts chapter 2, when we read this, Jesus has been crucified. Jesus was buried. He was raised to life, resurrected, ascended to heaven. And at this time in the church, something new is happening. This Acts 2, this chapter is a significant shift in what God is doing throughout history. And it's in this moment. God has been previously working through Israel. And now he is going to be working through something he's called the church. He's been working through the Jewish people, the Israelites. And now he's going to be working through the nations. In Acts chapter 1, right before this, the disciples were waiting for the Holy Spirit, but in chapter two, the Holy Spirit has come. In chapter one, the disciples have been equipped, but it's in chapter two that they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. In chapter one, the disciples were kind of held back and told to wait, but it's in chapter two where we're gonna read that they are sent forth. And it's in chapter one where Jesus ascends to heaven, but it's in chapter two where the Holy Spirit descends. So I want us to read this together. By the way, if you don't have a Bible this morning, we're going to put it on the screen. But also, if you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible this morning. You can get up right now if you need a Bible over there on the rack. There are plenty of Bibles we'll give you free of charge or just grab one after service. So, so please, if you don't have one, make sure you get a Bible. But Acts chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 42 and let's read it together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread 
in their homes and ate together and with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, the 41 verses before this passage that we just read together in the book of Acts describes the coming of the Holy Spirit or the day of Pentecost as we know it. And it's after that outpouring of the Holy Ghost that Peter gets up and preaches this amazing message to the multitudes. And it says that it was, it was a message where 3,000 people came to faith and were baptized. And so let's look again briefly at verse 46 together. It says this, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So as we read this, we see that the early church did meet in rows, right? They gathered together in the temple and they sat and they listened and they did meet in rows and, and they love to meet in rows. And we love here at Bayshore to meet in rows. What we do on Sunday is a very important thing. But the second half of that verse is what I want you to really see here. It shows us something extremely significant about the early church. And it's that they also broke bread and shared life together in their homes. They met daily, daily, not just once a week. And they did it more than just that once a week attendance in the temple. Shared life together, broke bread. They lived their lives together, not just gathering in rows once a week, but gathering in circles and homes in their marketplace, around the dinner table, around the fire pits uh, and all over. So for the next few minutes, what I want to talk to you about is why here at Bayshore, why we believe so strongly that if we're going to live out this life of faith that we talk about, if we're going to see God move in our lives and in our communities like he did in the Bible, then we need to understand that sitting in rows together once a week is a great thing. But it's the gathering together in circles in between Sundays. Rows are great, but circles are even better. Today, to kind of illustrate that point, I wanna give you kind of four things we can pull out of this passage that I believe will help show us how living in circles helps us in our life and helps each other in our life. And the first one of those today is living in circles helps us spiritually. Seems basic, but it does. It helps us spiritually, not just on Sundays, but living in circles between Sundays helps us spiritually. Verse 42, which we just read, says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Now, the word devoted here, as it's written in the original language in the, in, in the Greek, is not just a one-time verb. You know, when we think about devotion or maybe a vow, sometimes we can have this thought that it's a one-time thing, that we say this thing and it's done once and it's over. But the writer here is trying to tell us something deeper, that it's not just a, a one-time thing that's happening, but it is ongoing, it is continued, it is steadfast, it is constantly and continually giving up unremitting care to something. It's committed. It is devoted. And so daily, it says, daily they continued day after day in pursuit. And not just in an individual way that's done by themselves, just pursuing solo in solitude, but it's together 
breaking of bread around the dinner table. It's an activity that they learned and prayed and celebrated together. This is why I think uh, later on Paul writes uh, a verse to the church in Ephesus and he says this in Ephesians 4.16. He says, for him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So together, working together. Uh, if we go back to uh, verse 42, we also find this word, it's called fellowship. We see fellowship. And, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, some of you, maybe you grow up in church and, and you're familiar with this, but like uh, my remembrance of being in church, there was never a church I went into that didn't have a fellowship hall, right? Anybody remember the fellowship halls? Right, and I think that's probably just Christian code for where the snacks are, where the food is, right? Because we knew like that's where you could go to get a, a, a snack. And, and so uh, I loved uh, the fellowship, Paul. But the word that they're using here for fellowship is so much, Richard, so much more meaning implied here. It's not just where the snacks are. It's not just where we go to socialize. It's not just where we go to have luncheon or potluck dinners, but it's the word uh, in the original Greek word is called koinonia. Koinonia, and it, and it means here the share which one has in anything, joint participation and partnership. The 12th century monk Elred called it spiritual friendship, koinonia, fellowship, spiritual friendship. Now, I think what we're doing here today is fellowship. It's part of it, right? Uh, if we get together uh, and have coffee or if we go to a Bible study or if we hang out uh, uh, and go on a boat ride together, right? That's all fellowship. But I think if we're honest, those things are mostly planned, right? Mostly planned. Now I'm guilty of this next thing here where if I said to you, you know, hey, stop by any time. Just stop by any time. Uh, what I probably actually mean by that is please call first. <laughs> please call first and I'll send you a Google invite to our said meeting. And I won't know you're coming until you accept the meeting. And that's generally what I mean by, hey, stop by any time. But when we look at this word koinonia, the fellowship, it's more like welcoming a friend to be part of your life to come in and just be with you in life. And even when there's laundry on your floor or there's dishes in the sink or the baby's crying, we've invited people into our life. It's when, koinonia is when our parent dies and somebody's there for us, or it's when we're sick and somebody helps take care of us and they invite it to be part of it. It's when we get up early in the morning and we go to breakfast with someone to pray and to confess our sins one to another together. That's koinonia. And it's seeing each other in the good days and in the bad days, day in and day out. Andy Stanley has uh, this quote that I love. And uh, what he says here, it says, your friends determine the quality and direction of your life. And so fellowship, as we read it here in the book of Acts, koinonia, it's not just a hall. It's not a fellowship hall in the church. It's not just a, a place you go. And it's not even what we do here on Sunday, although what we do here on Sunday is important part of fellowship, but it's not just this. 
something so much bigger. It's inviting someone into our lives. Koinia is that you have seen me in my good days. You have seen me in my bad days. And I don't even feel like I need to clean up the house for you to come over because we're doing life together in circles in between Sunday and we are in fellowship one with another, koinonia, doing, doing life in circles together in between Sundays. And so first thing is living in circles helps us spiritually. The second point this morning I want you to see is that living in circles helps us physically. It helps us physically. Look in verse 44 again. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who is in need. And so the apostles here in the church, the early church, by obeying what the apostles were teaching, they're actually mimicking the most generous person who ever lived, right? And that's Jesus, because Jesus had in common all things and was freely give to all the people. And it's the first century church here that lived this out in such a way that no one had a need. And this wasn't a forced thing where they were told, hey, you have to sell all your possessions and give it away. This was because they experienced the generous love of God and of Jesus in their life. And out of that flows generosity to other people. Our God is a generous God. He's a giving God, right? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he, he gave. God is a generous giving God. And when we have generosity in our life, when we have anything that is generous that comes from us, it's in response. It's a reflex to the generosity that God has showed us in our own life. It's a reflex to what God has already done because he is a God that loves and is generous to us. So what would generosity, what would this sort of of thing look like for us today in our lives. Maybe it's uh, running errands for somebody in need who can't get out. Maybe it's raking leaves for somebody who can't do that. We're all about to start raking leaves here soon. Uh, maybe it's making a meal for a family in crisis or who, who just got out of the hospital or driving someone to an appointment when they can't. But circles not only allow us to be close enough to people to know these needs and to be able to, to, to generously give into those needs, but it also allows us to be close with people so that they can do the same for us. Can anyone here think of a time, maybe a face or a person in your past where they've been there for you in a time of struggle because you were doing life with somebody, they showed up in a time of desperation or a time of need where you needed somebody to be there for you. And they linked arms, they linked up with you, they put their shield next to yours and together you guys got through whatever problem or thing that you were facing. Can you think of somebody? I, I, man, there's somebody who comes to my mind immediately when I think about, about that. When my wife and I, we were young, married, probably, I don't know, 23 years old. We had three kids at the time and we had just bought our first house. And, you know, it was an older home. And so we were trying to fix things up. And one day we discovered that there was a slow leak underneath the dishwasher in our kitchen. And we didn't think much of it, right? I mean, fix the leak, just repair if there's a little damage. But we started pulling things apart a little bit and we found that there was tile on top of Luan on top of a carpet pad. 
what had happened was that slow leak, however long it had happened, completely saturated that carpet pad underneath our kitchen floor. And it had become green mold. It was awful. And so the only thing we could do is just, you had to tear it all out. And so we tore it all out. And there was a guy that we were in, in uh, doing life in circles with. We we're part of a small group at the time, a guy by the name of Charles Thompson. And Charles saw that I had no idea what I was doing. I had zero money uh, to be able to do this. And so he took time week after week to come over and literally help me rebuild our kitchen together. And it's that sort of thing that doesn't happen in rows once a week. Doesn't happen here. There's not that time. It's not the space for that. That's the type of thing that happens in circles in between Sundays. Listen to this. It's too easy to miss the needs of others in rows when all we're doing is staring at the back of their heads. It's in circles where we get help physically in our life and we've allowed ourselves to become part of people's lives so that they know our needs and we can help them with our needs. And so living in circles helps us spiritually, number one. We just talked about physically, number two. But number three, living in circles helps us emotionally. Emotionally. Verse 46 and 47 says, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Uh, years ago, PBS uh, commissioned a study to better understand relationships between relational connectedness and happiness. And out of this study, they produced a documentary called This Emotional Life. And here's a very interesting quote from uh, that documentary. Listen to this. Researchers have found that people are happier when they are with other people rather than when they are alone. And the boost is the same for introverts and extroverts. So it's, it's the same, no matter what type of personality you are, there's a boost we all get from being around other people. And listen to this. They also find that happy people are more pleasant, helpful and sociable. So being around other people makes us feel happier and when we are happier, we are more fun to be around, creating an upward spiral of happiness. Isn't that a great image? An upward spiral of happiness. I've often heard um, depression described as a downward spiral of your emotions and your thoughts. But when we do life together, and listen, if the last few years with COVID and the separation and the quarantine, if it's taught us anything, it's that we need each other. We need each other. We are made for connection to one another. And research now is actually finding that biologically, physiologically, it affects who we are. It affects our neuroplasticity. It changes our biochemical makeup when we're actually together with other people. And if we're honest, most of us will leave our air-conditioned house, get in our air-conditioned car, go to our air-conditioned office, and then just go back to the beginning. And we don't allow ourselves to make connections or to be with people. And what happens is we come into these environments once a week on Sundays, and we don't understand why we don't feel connected to others in any deep or meaningful way. 
So living in circles helps us spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And the fourth way that I want you to see this morning is that living in circles between Sundays helps us missionally. Missionally, Acts 2, 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's in circles that we can actually begin to find help to actually live out the mission of the church, not just simply for our benefit or for our own spiritual formation, but actually helping others to live on mission together, them helping us live on mission, us helping them live on mission. And so we already mentioned this, but today by the end of, uh, of the day, there will be somewhere around 50 people who are gonna be baptized today. And I just want you to see this highlight video again uh, of what happened a little bit last year at the beach baptism, all the faces, all the changed lives that were celebrated that day. And more often than not, when we see and we talk to these people who are baptized, when we talk to the people who have gone public for Jesus, it is often because of the people that have done life with them over the weeks, over the months, over the years, even the decades, they say are so important to why they made these decisions to be baptized or to put their faith in Jesus or to go public through baptism. It's the circles that they have been in. A couple examples of that in our own lives that we've seen is at our Fenwick campus, there was a, a gentleman whose first interaction with the church was at a party, a Christmas party at a churchgoer's house. That was his first interaction with, with our church at all. And for probably a year, he would just run in the same circles as the church family and they would be invited to gatherings together and they would hang out and they would just do life together. And it was over the course of that time that he started showing up to church. And it wasn't too long after that, that he actually was one of the people who were baptized the year before. We have another uh, couple who were professing atheists when we first met them. And because of family in their community started inviting them and to do life with them and all of the things around the community, this past Sunday, just this past Sunday, after two years of them just being in community with these people, just doing life with these people, they would attend small groups to learn about being better parents or, or maybe how to manage their money better in a biblical way. And after two years of doing life, these professing atheists gave their heart to the Lord last week. Yeah. And so this happens because of people's willingness to open up their homes, to open up their life, to invite people into their circle daily, not just on Sundays, but daily inviting them in because rows are great. What happens here is amazing. But circles are better. Circles are better. And I'm so grateful for our church. Like um, our facilities are amazing. We've got three campuses that are thriving and God is moving at our campuses. And, and, and I love what we do here together every week. We worship together and we get to learn together. And you know, what's amazing to me is if you ask somebody 
why they're here. It's because of the love that they felt. But the, the reality is, is that Sunday is just the push. It's the, it's the encouragement. It's not the point. What we do here in rows is the push. The point is the circles. It's the things in between Sundays. We, Sundays, we have this phrase that we love here. Pastor Dan used a lot that this isn't a cruise ship. This is a battleship, Right? And so we know that each one of you comes in and you get equipped to go out into your lives because you are where you are for a purpose, on purpose. You're where you are and you know who you are and what neighborhood and what job. You're there on purpose for a purpose. And we do that together in circles in between Sunday. Being on mission is far more than just attending a weekly event together. Acts tells us here that there were numbers added to the church daily, not just on Sunday, daily. And so one hour, one time a week is not enough. It's not enough for us to truly be an apprentice of Jesus and to live the way that we read about in here. It needs to be a whole life endeavor, not just Sunday. And so today, We've uh, already talked a little bit about it, but we've got people who are going to be in the lobby and we're going to um, show uh, all kinds of ways that you can find your circle here. And we want to help encourage you to do that. It's going to be people in the lobby that you can go and talk to and find out if that's the right group. Across all three campuses, we've got over 40 small groups. Uh, if you don't find one here that, that seems right, then check out the other campuses. If you still don't find one that's right, make your own small group. Doing life in circles is so vital. It's so vital. Rows are great, but circles are even better. And here, I want to give you one more final verse as we kind of conclude today. John 13, 35, many of you know this, but it's, it's the key to it all. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So there's a lot of love here at Bayshore on Sunday morning. We talk to people and we ask them why Bayshore is your home. Why did you decide to make Bayshore your home? It's because when they walk through those doors, they feel welcome, they feel seen, and they feel loved. Many of that's your story. We've talked to so many of you. And that is amazing. And there's a lot of love that happens here on Sunday morning. But if we're going to love the way that Jesus is commanding us to love, it just simply cannot happen one hour, one day a week. In fact, in the New Testament, there are, uh, there are 59 one another's that we're instructed, that are, that are instructed to us as the church. 59 one another's of uh, living life in circles and what that looks like together. And I want to read these to you today as we get ready to close. Serve one another. Accept one another, strengthen one another, help one another, encourage one another, care for one another, forgive one another, submit to one another, commit to one another, build trust with one another, be devoted to one another, be patient with one another, be interested in one another, be accountable to one another, confess to one another, live in harmony with one another. 
Don't be conceited with one another. Don't pass judgment on one another. Don't slander one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another. Admonish one another. Spur one another on. Meet with one another. Agree with one another. Be concerned with one another. Be humble to one another. Be of the same mind as one another. Be compassionate to one another. Do not be consumed by one another. Do not be angry with one another. Do not lie to one another. Live in peace with one another. Do not grumble to one another. Give preference to one another. Be at peace with one another. Sing to one another. Comfort one another. Be kind to one another. Carry one another's burdens and love one another. This can't happen on one hour a week, one day or one day, one hour a week. Being in rows is great. It's good. Love what we get to do here. Circles are better. And it's in getting together, inviting people into our lives, inviting them past just the surface where we begin to see what Jesus is talking about, to love one another. And so to be able to do that, we need to give ourselves permission to engage and to find our circle. So, Beginning of service, I ask you to stand up and I ask you to look at each other and I ask you to remember that. So I want you to think about the faces that you saw before. Think about when you looked and what you thought. And what I want you to see this morning is that you need those people. Those people need you. And so as I'm finishing here on the screen, you're going to see just a few of our groups that we have available across all of our campuses. You're just going to scroll by and you'll see what types of groups they are. The key here is to find your circle. Find your circle. To take a chance to join a circle and maybe the first one you join, it doesn't, it doesn't do it. Maybe you don't get connected and then you try again. You find the next group. Maybe you can't find a group. And like we said, start a group. Start doing life in between Sundays in circles with other people so that you can experience spiritual growth, physical help, emotional help, and that we will all begin to start living missionally in our life. And so no big finish here today. We've got people who are gonna be standing in the lobby uh, and you can ask them questions. You can even go sign up for a small group this morning right there with them if that's, if that's your decision. If, if maybe you're not interested in talking directly to someone this morning, go to bayshore.online. You'll see a list of all of our groups across all of our campuses. You'll be able to click immediately to conversate with that small group leader. You can ask them questions, what it's all about, where they meet, what they do. If you're interested in being a small group leader, talk with Reagan, uh, the Next Steps director. She did the announcements this morning. She can help get you to the place and help give you all the resources that you will need to start living life in circles in between Sundays. I'm begging you this morning. I'm uh, all short of getting down on my knees because you don't know how important it is. Because rows are great. What we do on Sunday is great, but circles are better. 
And so I hope you'll give yourself permission today to do just that. Let me pray for us and then we'll exit into the lobby. Lord, God, we've read your word. We've seen uh, what you've asked of us. We've seen how the early church lived and how living life in circles changed our world. And so God, I just pray that you would remind us that you'd inspire us, Lord. Give us the courage to wade into something that might feel a little awkward and to let our guard down, our guard down and to be in community and in circles and in the lives of other people and to invite them into our lives. I pray, God, that supernaturally over every person in this room, God, that you would just make connections with them, with their people, with their circles, God, supernaturally open doors, supernaturally uh, uh, make uh, connections and introductions, Lord, that, that will create these circles in our lives, God. And we just believe, Lord, that you're gonna do miraculous things in all of our groups, in all of our circles, in all of our homes, and God, that ultimately you will be glorified through our church, not just on Sunday, but in between Sundays. So I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.